Hi, and welcome to Off Color Commentary, your go-to podcast for all things media, culture, and politics. We're your hosts, Rosalind, Sam, Victoria, and I'm April. Today's episode is all about Sailor Moon. We're celebrating the 30th anniversary of the iconic Magical Girl anime. We'll be talking about how the series has influenced pop culture and how its themes resonate today. But first, what have you guys been watching today? I actually recently started watching... um, it's on Amazon. Uh, it's called Wayne. And I guess it came out last year. But it's about like this kid who's basically like this Boston vigilante type. He's like a tough guy. His dad dies of, of cancer. And he does on like this cross-country trip to get back a car that was stolen by his estranged mom and her boyfriend. When I was reading the synopsis, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to enjoy this. But it's like really good. And the um, I can't remember the name of the actor who's in it, but he's he's in uh, One of Us is Lying. And um, he's just like cute as a button. So far, it's like a really great series. And like maybe there's going to be a season two. But um, like I really highly recommend anybody who's just like looking for something they can quickly binge in the weekends because yeah like i've non-stop like every time i've had a moment i've been on that definitely gonna check that out i've been watching attack on titan just keeping up with that um outside of anime abbott elementary has been really good um <laughs> it's been a really fun show um and i'm also actually um watching naruto shippuden for the first time so that's been fun I don't think I've been watching anything like super recently, but a couple weeks ago, I binged the entire second season of Dollface. It's that show starring Kat Dennings and Brenda Song and Shane Mitchell. And it was actually really good. It's basically about like, uh, I think the first season aired in 2019 and they took the hiatus during the pandemic and basically it picks up in the middle of the pandemic and surprisingly they're all like turning 30 which is literally me right now like I'm pushing 30 um, so it's it was about like there's like a lot there's there's good queer rap in it like Shay Mitchell plays a uh, bi character and she ends up dating Lily Singh who is not my favorite but it was still funny and it's it's a, it's a good short binge and it's fun so fun fact i think kat dennings is a sailor moon fan so. oh yes yeah. i don't know how you can exist and not be a sailor moon fan quite honestly exactly i agree yeah like even if you didn't see it when it first aired in the u.s it's on like it's and it's such an easy series to fall into and then fall in love with. yeah Mm-hmm. I actually had stopped watching for a little bit and then they did the whole Sailor Moon Crystal like revival and I was yeah. like oh wow so now I have to rewatch everything all over again because obviously you know what am I going to do if I don't know what they're talking about when it comes time for the Sailor Moon Crystal revival and then that led to me rewatching all the movies which led to me rewatching or rereading all the manga so it was really just a spiral for a little bit there <laughs> but right now now i'm actually not watching any new anime because unfortunately my mind is like one track so i like pick one thing and i get stuck on it um but i have still been in a procedural binge i've been there for like a month now anything like procedural related the only exception is abbott elementary which is why i was so excited when you said that victoria i'm a teacher so i was like oh my gosh a show about teachers by a black person i can't wait right and it's 100 percent amazing i'm absolutely 100% in love with it. I can't wait to see where they go with it. And I'm it's guaranteed for a season two with the ratings they're pulling oh, in. So it's very definitely. exciting. You know, you were talking about how you um, watched Sailor Moon Crystal. That's the first way I got my daughter into Sailor Moon. 
because now she's a huge Taylor Lemon fan. I wanted to start her off on Crystal because it was kind of like more true to how the manga is. And um, like she totally consumed that. Like she was watching it without me. So it, it's like I said, it's really an easy series to fall into and fall in love with no matter like what your age or what your frame of reference is. Like my daughter never watched any anime before that. Okay, no, but you're you're exactly right because my son is the same way. So I was I happened to be watching it without him and he popped in my room and he was just asking me a question. And then he saw it on the screen and he was like, What's this? And he just kept inching into the room. It's like a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time. Finally he's just sitting next to me and it was amazing. He loves Neptune. She says, oh, Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's really cool. I feel like most people um I feel like Neptune's so underrated, so it's really mm-hmm. exciting. Yeah. My niece is how old is she now she's like nine i feel like a few years ago she got into sailor moon and just over the holidays i was asking her like what she thought about it and stuff and she's like oh i love it um and her favorite uh senshi is actually pluto and i was like that's intense for a nine-year-old yeah that's <laughs> great taste it's great taste. Yeah. exactly yeah. <laughs> well that just kind of proves that you know 30 years later you know, if it's the anniversary, 30 year anniversary of the anime, that um, new audiences are still falling in love with Santa Moon. And yeah. that just like that really goes towards the love and attention, you know, the um, creator, Naoko Takeuchi, put into it. And um, we have to realize that she was really young when she came up with Sailor Moon. She had just. She was 24. Um, she was 24. Yeah. She had just released. Um, codenamed Sailor V and it was going to be like a one-off but it was really popular and so she was like okay you know I really want to do something that's super sentai mighty Morphin power rangers for girls um because though you know power rangers had boy girl appeal it was you know let's be real it was mostly little boys running around mm-hmm. playing power rangers so she wanted something that was a group of girls with magical powerful abilities which i think was just kind of bold at the time because you weren't seeing a lot of girl superheroes yeah and um, so varied so so much variation they aren't all like they they all have their own personality. They aren't afraid to be different. They aren't afraid to like look different, have different interests, which I thought was really important at that time. I still think it's yeah. really important mm-hmm. to not put girls into this bucket, right? Where you all like the exact same things. That's one of my favorite things about the show. Still rare to see even today, like a group of girls with different personalities, different interests, you know, working together or, you know, being friends, even just ensemble women together <laughs> is rare. Yeah. You know, there's that whole you know single girl trope in uh media where you'll have a, a group like paw patrol is a good example you know because i have i have kids <laughs> and they're all like boy pups and then there's like one girl pup and then a few seasons later they had another girl pup and um like it's like okay we've met our quota we have our one girl so that's we're good so for her to um go and create five well more than five actually started with five but then you know how many do we have 10 at the ends and then yeah. like we get into the sailor star- starlights that's a whole nother thing so for her to create so many characters who were so varied and so their own person it's just really cool and it really um had a huge impact uh shoujo which is manga and anime targeted at girls because this wasn't something we saw before so like i said what was supposed to be a single story arc turned into a five story arc with 15 books in the series 200 episode anime 
the three animated movies, novels, video games, musicals, live action, rebooted series. Like that's just talking about media. Like I'm sure as fans, y'all own tons of Sailor Moon swag too. So like Sailor Moon has become like a cultural phenomenon and it really cemented um, its influence in, in anime and manga. As soon as Crystal uh, started airing, I was like, okay, now that I'm like 20 and have my own disposable income, I actually want to collect all the stuff. And like, this is only like a fraction of my collection. I have um, I have that entire, uh, I have the entire re-release of the, the manga from like 2003. I I have a couple of other proplicas upstairs. The cosmic like heart wand and like all the stuff from from S, those were I think the ones that I'd wanted my entire life. Um, but they didn't have, I don't think there was a dub for S um, until a bit later or if they did any merch for it, but I I didn't get it. Um, these are like my prized possessions. Like I, they they sell for like a lot of money on mm-hmm. like eBay mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I can never. <laughs> I would die. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the sweater I'm wearing is I love it. Yusugi's bedspread. And it's like my favorite sweater, my favorite item of clothing in the world. Um, just because, you know, it's it's so nostalgic and it's like comforting and it's warm and I love it. You know, a lot of us didn't see Sailor Moon until um, later on when it became dubbed. Um, it became dubbed really soon after its Japanese launch. It, you know, the Japanese launch aired in uh, 1992 and by 1995 it was already Sailor Moon was already dubbed in Canada you know with an English dub unfortunately the dub um, had a lot of problems with it I'm not sure if y'all watched the dub but like I that was my entry point into the series (laughs) I remember running home after school every day catching it on um, Cartoon Network Um, I used to watch it here in Canada I used to watch it in the morning they used to play I forget what it was called but there was like this thing in the morning in America and they played like a lot of cartoons in the morning when I was getting ready for school and so that when I would watch it cannot remember the name and I used to um, when I was getting dressed I used to pretend like I was like doing you know little transformation it was amazing <laughs> yeah. I feel like that, yeah. before school or after school on Toonami or like before yeah. school on like WB yeah yeah but they did change a lot for the Americanized version yeah. um, my biggest pet peeve is Neptune and Uranus <laughs> yes Yep. Yes. Okay. Cousins. The keyword is cousins. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It was. Uh, they really sanitized so much of it, um, and they did so in such a way that it was like really awkward. And I'm like, come on now, Deke. We're not buying this They're because they didn't change it. it all the way. Like they you, you made them they cousins. It still looks very much intimate, and this is not how I would interact with my cousin. Yeah. So, <laughs> And then, like, if anyone was, like, you have uh, Fish Eye and Zoysite as good examples where they made them female, where they're more, um, according to the author, they're, um, they're male. They're just, like, effeminate male. Or, like, maybe nowadays, you know, 30 years later, you would look at them through more of a, a genderqueer eye. So, um, it was just very... Like once I like actually read the source material, I read the manga, I was like, wait a minute. That's a dude. <laughs> so yeah. Why why did they do that? Like this is weird. And um so yeah, you know, I really feel like that was uh to the detriment of the series. So thank goodness, thank goodness we got 
other and then and then they also translated sailor senshi which is sailor soldier into sailor scouts because Mm -hmm. something about america and war and trying to sanitize that and then you also had the starlights i think i remember um naoko takeuchi said something like like even just in like the the regular anime like the the non-translated anime they had the starlights actually transform into men like in their as they're like their mm-hmm. alter egos on earth and then when they transform they transformed into women and something about that like i think in the manga they they were just cross-dressing right yeah they're just cross-dressing mm-hmm. yep. nothing wrong with that nothing wrong with being trans or anything like that but it's like you feel like kids can't understand one gender wearing another gender's uniform slash clothes um but you're totally okay with like gender changes like on air magical gender changes we can have gender changes as long as they're magical or like you okay with like cousins having intimate relations (laughs) versus like consensual adult relationship between two women like that's so inconsistent. <laughs> like, or they would rather have the incest. I mean, now to be fair, incest is an American American value for some American people. American tradition. <laughs> the wild thing <laughs> is that the Deke dub was uh, Canadian, I think, right? Oh, that's true. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was it's like, what's, can- <laughs> what's, what's Canada doing with this? <laughs> Good point. Yeah. I usually do blame like the United States, but you're right. It was dubbed in Canada. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> think, yeah. But, you know, in, in 2014, that's when Disney media got a hold of it thankfully and like they redubbed it and restored a lot of the removed contents and i really think that's what ushered in you know Sailor Moon crystal and um I, I wouldn't say Sailor Moon ever stopped being popular i think it's always been popular yeah especially in japan but it really was the resurgence of its popularity yeah i will say though that despite like the issues with americanization a lot of the things that the show did well still kind of stood out even despite it and one of my favorite things is like the fact that sailor moon is an anti-princess princess if that makes like (laughs) any sense right like when you grow up with like disney princesses are a certain way right a lot of they're like they're passive yes damsels in distress and all that kind of stuff and it's crazy and they always have to be saved and they always have a prince who does like all of the hard work but in sailor moon our prince was the one who was always in need of rescue and even (laughs) if sailor moon was crying and whiny she still showed up she still saved the day right so i really think that that it also presented a different kind of femininity she wasn't like you said she wasn't the kind of princess that we were used to having she was a princess who had flaws you know but she was also like a teenage girl and um there was so much power in the fact that she was allowed to be flawed and she was allowed to be whiny and a crybaby but she was also kicking ass and I really think that that's part of the reason why that made it so popular or it's still so popular. Yeah. Um, the, what I loved about it is how it presents like Usagi's like vulnerability as a strength, um, especially because it's like she she acknowledges like, oh, I'm a crybaby. All I want to do is sleep. All I want to do is eat like same girl. But <laughs> at the end of the day, like she's still the moon princess. She's still like neo queen serenity and stuff and she still like rules a kingdom and she still gets to be like the toughest like whatever toughest soldier toughest warrior in the galaxy and that kind of stuff so it was good to see that like 
you can have all these emotions. You can, you know, um, be very vulnerable, be very, you know, like intimate in your friendships and like your relationships in general. And you can still save the world and you can still do all these cool things. And even like at one point, I believe I can't remember when, but I remember that Usagi's one of her powers was literally the ability to cry so loudly that it would like mood. (laughs) I relate, honestly, (laughs) but they made it a thing. And I was really, it's just such, it's so affirming as a girl. And then as a woman to realize that the things that they usually, that society tells you are bad about women, that we have easy access to emotions, right. And that we are more prone to showing our emotions can be beneficial and in a lot of ways can even save you and yeah. people you care about in certain situations. That was really important for me. Yeah. What I love about that moment too is right before she does that move, like Tuxedo Mass is like crying won't solve your problems. And then crying literally <laughs> solves her problem. <laughs> and it's like you actually don't know what but just be quiet. <laughs> like you did your part. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> It's like that meme of them where Tuxedo Mask is like, my job here is done. And you Salem is like, you didn't. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and that was him every episode. Exactly. <laughs> I really enjoyed that um, all the girls had their own problems to overcome as well. It wasn't yeah. like they weren't all, they didn't all have the same issues. Like they had issues like, you know, concerning body image and like family responsibilities and like, you know, school pressures, like Ami, especially, you know, with, with what she was going through with having to be the best, having to be the smartest. Um, but then, you know, also gets into the fact that she doesn't feel like she's enough to be a part of the team. Like she feels like she's not strong enough. And that's something that she has to overcome. That was one of those story arts that like really, I was like, oh, snap, I get this like this resonates with me so you know they were allowed to be vulnerable teenage girls but it was like the vulnerability that they had always helped them get stronger that's where their strength and power came from which is really just a great example right of like how trying to solve issues by yourself bottling everything up it really doesn't solve anything you have to be willing to face the things that you are afraid of or the things that you are worried about in order to grow they it's so many life lessons packed into one little show yeah and in such a way that it was like not preachy it was like oh damn she's just like me you know (laughs) she didn't have great grades she was always late (laughs) yeah there you go (laughs) loves eating loves napping loves playing video games i'm like (laughs) reading manga (laughs) this one's like me i I get it (laughs) yeah we kind of touched on this already but like one of the things that um, has made Sailor Moon such like this cultural icon is the actually included, you know, in- intentional LGBTQ and queer representation. It's not subtext or anything. It's like Naito Tetsuchi was like, hey, this is these two are girlfriends. Hey, these had a- these people had a relationship. Hey, this person likes men. That sort of thing. I think that for a lot of us little baby queers, we're like, yeah, yeah, I get that. Thank you. Thank you for showing me that. Vino, the first one I clung on to was um, Uranus. I was like, damn, okay. And you're right. Yeah, and you're right. Because, because um, for 100% fact, Haruku is the reason why I am very much invested in like studs. Are you wearing a suit? <laughs> Do you have short hair? Do you have... Mm-hmm 
Ross shoulders. Hi, it's me. <laughs> very much, very much. And I really like, I kind of miss that. Um, and obviously in the uh, dub, because which was my first introduction, because they didn't really show that to us. But when you watch the original, right, in the Japanese, she uses the male speech patterns. Um, yeah. Like they identify, like even in the manga that, oh, well, I guess we should say they, but they identify as both man and woman, right? Mm-hmm. That was just great. I really, really, really. I thought we can have another podcast <laughs> just, episode just about her or they, I should say, them. But I really just really loved that there was a love story there too with her and Neptune or they them and Neptune. Just the fact that they're confirmed lovers and like when they have relocate with Pluto and Saturn when Saturn's a little baby and they have this mansion and they all have matching rings and they've committed to each other and I'm like damn I want to be in that polyqueer family too like that's good representation there that was, whole family it, yeah a whole family they were fine they got along they respected each other um they all all had their own thing going on and they loved each other and just like representation way before it's time you know yeah we're talking about this being 30 so years ago really valid representation that still you know we don't see a lot of even today also i honestly wouldn't be surprised if like all of the sailor senshi were actually like at least by because oh 100 percent yeah there's a lot especially of especially soggy Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Usagi so was fluidity. always drooling after women. Like it was mm-hmm. incredible representation. And I wish I wish they had like put a name to that when I like as a kid watching it. Like I think I was four when it when I started watching it, when I started watching the dub. To see Usagi like literally being like, Oh my god, she's so pretty. But then she also is like super in love with Tuxedo Mask, and like that's basically the central relationship. I don't know. Like I, I just wish that they had put like a word to like being bisexual yeah but i guess that's also like a cultural thing with japan because even in other animes like queer representation wasn't a very monumental thing in other anime right where it wouldn't be like you wouldn't have like news releases or whatever where it's like oh disney's putting out or disney's putting out a movie with their first gay character in it in 2021 in japan like a lot of queer stuff was just accepted Mm -hmm. and i like i'd always related to that kind of stuff i'd always kind of related to the queer storyline lines and like I always had crushes on girls when I was a kid but there was never anything in like western media or even like in my family structures that said that it was okay to pursue those feelings the whole plot I just remembered of um, Sailor Moon R was all about Fiore being in love with um, with Tuxedo Mask, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh no, was that Sailor Moon R or was that the movie? Because they were the very movie. similar. It's, they it's were the very movie. similar. The movie. Okay. But that was like the whole thing. Like he was in love with with Tuxedo Mask, and like Sailor Moon was in the way. Yeah, I, <laughs> I vibe with that. It was just so shameless. It's just it was such a it wasn't. I think that's a lot of times what's missing in queer rep in media right now. The idea that it has to like, it always has to be built up into something. It always has to be like a thing to be queer as opposed to it just being a thing, right? This is just how it is. And I think that a lot of shows and books and other forms of media could really take hints from how they did this. Yeah, I feel like that whole movie, I think the really cool thing about it is kind of treated like an ex comes back into the picture and Usagi actually sees him. (laughs) as a real threat and isn't like, oh, you're a guy, like, this isn't a thing. She's like, wait, back up from my guy, back up from my man. 
And it's like a re- something that's taken seriously. I really like that about them. Mm-hmm. Another thing that just really um, that I've still clung to from Sailor Moon is just like the whole aesthetic. It was just like so dreamy and romantic, and you know, just I really feel like everyone who who sees it really falls in love with that as well. And um, that aesthetic has really influenced a lot of media today, not just in Japan but Western culture as well, Western media as well. All of the pinks and the blues and the purples are just so beautiful. (laughs) Just so beautiful. Even like the drawing style and all of like the compacts which back to, you know, making femininity not just weak. Their literal Mm -hmm. transformation devices were almost always some type of makeup device or a pen or things that were typically effeminate. But yeah, just in general, I think my, the first time I got to actually like paint my bedroom, I had my choose a pink and like a purpley color that were very reminiscent of the show. <laughs> I have to give um, credit to Jackie from Adore My Chief for this. She's mentioned a lot how like the really cool thing is even as like they get more powerful, they get even more like feminine. Yeah, like they like, you know, they get more wings and like more colors and like more butterflies and like even more accessories. And it's like the more powerful you are, the more accessories you get. That's just like Mm -hmm. a really another way to show like the femininity adding to that doesn't like weaken you. It's actually like adding to like your strength i for the first while i think like when i was a kid and i saw like vhs of sailor stars when she has the giant wings as uh as eternal sailor moon i don't think i liked it at first and i think that's like really (laughs) encapsulated in how like there's like an episode where she has to transform into eternal sailor moon in her house and her wings are just knocking shit over (laughs) like one of my favorite episodes i watched a couple of like the finales last night to prepare for this and just in the series finale when she's just like buck ass nude with like the silver crystal on her chest and she's got wings and Flawless. I don't know that was just fucking powerful to me it's a flawless victory but then even just like outside of the the colorization of the show and all of those things we can even talk about like their outfits right now because I think there's a general resurgence because Sailor Moon was so 90s right yeah and because there's such um, a 90s nostalgia resurgence happening right now even the fashion influence that um, the Senshi were wearing right so like high-waisted skirts and um, high-waisted jeans and all of like the pastels and stuff yeah and all of that is coming back because they were just so I think it's because they were so fashionable and yeah. then you also have new merch you have new cosplay which is better than ever yeah uh, there's some amazing cosplayers out right now and just the whole retro thing is really a vibe I think there was I think Colourpop even did a um yeah a makeup party right yeah and I think it's Why sold out every it? time. You are? I am, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I never got it. And that's because it's sold out every time. Like, I would, like, wait for the announcement and I would hop in and it would be gone every yeah. time. I want them to bring it back one more time because I'm ready. It might be available now. I'm not sure. I think they did one release and, like, it's it's been pretty steady. But it was really hard to get. I, I was able to get it in, like, piecemeal. Like, I think I got, like, the palette one drop and then I got eyeshadows like, another drop and the lip gloss another drop. Yes. Slowly but surely, I got the collection. Yeah, but that just, that really taught to, you know, how influential, you know, Sotheman has been as far as like aesthetic and appeal. Um, like you have, okay, you see, you have shows like Hardcaptor Sakura and like Tokyo Mimiu and Pokemon where it's like, okay, these are Japanese um, staples. So it kind of makes sense that they would borrow from another Japanese staple. But then you have things like uh, Rei Hino being in the Justice League. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. What? 
Okay. Yeah. Martian Manhunter reference. Yeah. Martian Manhunter, Manhunter, he had to go undercover and he went undercover as, as Ray. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, top that. Or you like even South Park has done like a Sailor Moon reference. So the Simpsons. So it's um, not just small independent project or like our Tumblr blog, our Tumblrs or our Twitters that um, Sailor Moon has touched. It's like, you know, massive multi-million dollar media structures that, you know, Sailor Moon has been referenced in. Rob, I know someone on Wheel of Fortune dressed up and I think it was Vanna White dressed up as Sailor Moon. That's incredible. Well, now I have to Google that. Even like now with Euphoria, there's been like a few Sailor Moon references in that show. Um, I think like the, one of the main characters there says she like her, she dressed like a some Sailor Moon character. I forgot what else they said, but there's been like someone wore a Sailor Moon shirt. It looked like in another episode. It's been fun to like catch those things. There, there was yeah. also, I remember back when Britney Spears was still in her conservatorship and she was posting shit on Insta. I remember a couple of like me and some other Britney stands, we like looked she she posted like this photo of her in her gym like it was like a mirror selfie and on the floor right by her feet is like the scepter from super s <laughs> and i like it was just inexplicable like i know her sons love dragon ball z but mm-hmm. i feel like britney has actually like i feel like there are multiple instances of britney spears having sailor moon merge which which makes sense for her yeah she's a few years older than i am and you know so she probably grew up with it like Mm -hmm. i was i was like 10 or so so she probably grew up with it so that makes that makes so much sense but there are so many and i'm sure victoria can speak towards this with her podcast but there are so many like sailor moon fans whether you be just be like a regular twitter twitter follower or like a celebrity they're like you know all gushing over sailor moon um i lizzo's when she dresses up like sailor moon oh yeah like like my favorite thing same same yeah i totally want to get lizzo on the show at some point yes <laughs> and i believe that you will <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna speak that into existing <laughs> exactly yeah it's funny we were talking about speaking about abbott elementary earlier and i completely forgot to mention that quinta is also a sailor moon fan for sure. oh yeah she did that one show and i'm blanking on i'm blanking on the name magical girl friendship squad yes i actually um i binged that it was so good i want i want more of it and you know talk talk about highly referenced sailor moon you know made it all its own and i I just adored it it's just such a good it's such a good reminder of how mm, how do i say how do i say it's such a good reminder of how important it is for shows to let women exist in in their own way I, I think the power the hold that sailor moon has on just like the whole generation our whole generation and the generation coming after us is a great example of what happens when you don't try to make women fit into this one cookie cutter dimensional setting because yeah. it's not just women who love sailor moon there are boys there are men i've literally seen grown men get into enormous fights about the fact that sailor moon is more powerful than goku which yeah. he is right exactly yes <laughs> <laughs> but just like the fact that these men are so invested in something that a lot of people would say is traditionally feminine media is crazy to me and i really really want to see, i just want to see more i said it before i want to see more media trends that follow what nayoko was doing 30 years ago i thought we really lost something time. yeah i really think part of the reason why we loved it so much is because nayoko came from you know she was creating something yeah she wanted to have like a sense type of girls but also um she had said that she really wanted a loving and supportive friend system for herself 
that she was very lonely when she had created Sailor Moon. And so she was making girls that she would want to be friends with. And I think a lot of us can relate to that. I know when when I first got into Sailor Moon, I had just relocated from uh, my hometown. We didn't have any family here in Houston. So uh, like I didn't have any friends. I was a new girl in school and I was really awkward and whatnot. And so to find Sailor Moon was kind of like, you know, wow, these are girls that I want to be like and they have friendships I want to have. And um, I just really aspired to that. Cut to a few years later, I had to change schools yet again in high school. And the very first friend I made noticed I had a Sailor Moon sticker on my binder. And so she drew me a picture of Sailor Moon. Cool. And she was the very first friend, like we're still friends years later. She, she went to my wedding. I've been to hers. Um, but it's like, well, you know, I think a lot of us have found friendships through Sailor Moon because, you know, Sailor Moon was definitely, yeah, it's a love story, but it's even more so a love story about the, um, the Sailor Senshi mm -hmm. and how much they love each other and the friendships they have and the power that comes from that love. No, you're hundred percent right. I think that it's very important for girls to see because so often media portrays women in competition with one another, as oh. opposed to being supportive of one another and friends and loving with one another another and so it's super super important once again Sailor Moon doing what everybody else can't um, it's super important to see just women allowed to not have to worry about like I don't want to tear other women down I want to be friends with other women I want to support you I want to see your success and in all ways that is exactly what Sailor Moon has always been about and I think it's really important just in general like worldwide climate is trash to see a show that embraces community and to see people still fall in love every day with a show that embraces what community looks like and what it could be if we just all treated each other like we were people instead of you know whatever we're treating each other like now and what also stands out to me is how like you know in western like especially like in the avengers or whatever like you always like it's always the protagonist going against like the bad guys and like annihilating or otherwise destroying them with sailor moon a lot of the time like aside from like the demons of the day or whatever sailor moon would always like take the time to try to empathize or like come to understand like the big bad i think in sailor moon R, like the last half with the black moon she actually heals the four sisters rather than making them disappear or whatever mm -hmm. and i think this isn't to say like we should empathizing with white supremacists or anything like that but in fact punching nazis is praxis but it's always good to kind of like understand it's always good to understand that at the end of the day we are all human it's just it was refreshing to see that kind of like empathy not be denigrated or anything like that it was it's very much one of Sailor Moon's strengths that she's able to show compassion I think part of what we're building on here is just the fact that a lot of the time because if you go back and you look at like her villains right a lot of them do have some type of internalized trauma yeah. and that's the reason why they have sunk into villain right so there's a difference between like let me empathize with this nazi right no we're not going to do that because you made a choice to be ignorant right but somebody who has maybe turned trauma into anger or hatred or something of that effect maybe if we show them empathy and we show them caring and kindness we could see a different outcome and like it even extends to like like on the other side of it where it's like white supremacists i assume are super fucking traumatized and that's why they are the way they are but if white supremacists could only empathize with the people that they hate that's like i feel like that is the missing piece for them if that makes sense it really does 
Because in the end, you know, how does Sailor Moon win so often, you know, through through the care and empathy she shows towards others? Like even, you know, spoiler alert, the very end, her last big bad is somebody who's been traumatized and she's able to um, save that person. And like you had talked about how Crystal and Chad is totally naked. You know, that's when she's facing that last big bad. And, yeah. you know, she's alone. All her essentially are gone. Literally everyone's dead. Everyone's yeah. dead. Yeah. Like, you know, spoiler alert. Sorry, everyone died. But she still has like, she feels the love that she has for them and the love they have for her. And that's basically that. And the compassion she shows her enemy is what saves the world and, you know, brings back her loved ones. And so it's really, you know, it's the rejuvenating power of, of love and friendship. And I know that sounds really corny and whatever, but how many times have we as a society seen when we put forward more empathy and more love? When have we seen the good things happen? So often, right? We just don't do it often enough. And I think it's first and foremost, Sailor Moon was meant to be like um, for children and teenagers and such. So I think that's a really good message to get into kids real young. Yeah. But that's also something that is just defies age and defies gender and defies nationality. That's something that that's distinctly human that we all could be better about i think it also ties back to like that idea of community because like the the empathy is is important and of course you know one empathize with people who are traumatized but i think it's like the idea that although she's the one facing down the villains at the end of the day like she doesn't get there without her community and even then mm-hmm. like as she's facing them they're always like with her you know in spirit or with you know in physically or in some way they're helping her and you know helping her fuel that love and, and you know the power of friendship to really save the day thinking about how small ladies um dark lady arc was literally just an, a visualization of what happens when somebody feels alone and abandoned and uncared for literally she went from being bright happy cute adorable to being yeah, a lot <laughs> she's a lot <laughs> um so it's just like to I think that's also just a good example of, like you were saying, the power of love, the power of community, the power of support. It wasn't until she realized that all of those people who she thought like did not care about her or had left her were still there, were still supporting her, still wanted her to come back, even after all of the negative things that she had done. Right? They still like kissing her dad. Yeah. Even after, she, even after she did all of that, they still wanted to welcome her back into the fold. And I think that part is very important because a lot of the times we do like there's that whole oh I forgive people but I don't forget. Then have you forgiven right have you really embraced that person no the answer is no so i don't know i just uh, it's a perfect show that it's no flaws it's a perfect show yeah agreed 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 what are you guys going to be watching later are we still on a sailor moon kick or are we Moving on to new forms of media. Oh, um, so there's a Korean American show coming out called Pachinko. It's based on a book. Um, I've had access to the screeners for a couple months now, and I'm like slowly making my way through it. I don't think I'm supposed to be saying anything about it because it's under embargo technically. And I think the trailer just dropped today, but it's an incredible show. It's so much, but it's, it's so good. It's, it's just a really beautiful story. And the way they tell the story is really beautiful. 
And I'm just excited to be able to actually talk about it. Just got access to those screeners, I think recently. And so I'm really excited that you said that. So I'll be watching that. Um, and then of course, can you continuing Naruto Shippuden? It's my first time watching it. Um, I've finished Naruto, so I'm just doing, going through Shippuden now and catching up with uh, all the people who have watched it before. We're currently uh, working on, oh, go ahead, Sam. I saw um, on Twitter, it was a uh, list of shows that are highly underrated. So I'm just kind of like going off that, my checking some boxes. Um, I started watching uh, The Nick, which was on Cinemax, but now it's HBO. It has two seasons, really good 1900s procedural doctor show, deals a lot with racism and classism. Um, and it had two seasons and then they canceled it. But Barry Jenkins is a fan and he, from what the streets are saying, has plans to come on board for a third season and like revive it. Fingers crossed. We are actually working on getting Pachinko screeners. So when that comes through, I'll join you guys. But <laughs> what I'm actually <laughs> watching right now is um, these are also screeners. I can't say too much about it. But um, The Last Days of Ptolemy Gray, which is a new Sammy Jackson project. And it has um, Dominic Fishback in it um, from Judas and the Black Messiah um, most recently. And it's about this older man who has dementia and he's been forgotten by all of his family, by all of his friends. And so his his caretaker leaves and this younger person who isn't related to him is left with having to take care of him. And it's very interesting. I'm very into it. It's based on a book by um, Walter Mosby. And it's on, I think it's on Apple TV or it will be on Apple TV um, in March, but very, very good. Very excited for people to see that. I haven't seen um, Samuel Jackson do a lot of more serious work. Um, So yeah, I was very invested in this and it's working out great. I love it. So this has been a great time. I am so happy to have had Rosalind, Sam and Victoria on with us to talk about the amazing awesomeness that is the pretty Sailor Guardian, Sailor Moon. (laughs) I'm gonna say, <laughs> I hate what that became. Um, all right. This has been an awesome time. It's been an excellent conversation. Was so pleased to have Rosalind, Sam, and Victoria on to talk about Pretty Guardian Sailor Moon and everything that she represents and all of the people that she has inspired and continues to inspire. This has been an Off Color production. Make sure you follow us everywhere at Off Color Org. That's color with a U. Check out our Patreon for exclusive content and leave us a review while you're here. Until next time, we're off. <laughs>